This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. So, hello everyone, welcome to another special episode of Annie Takes That Chance. Uh, I'm joined today by the founder of the Proud Terriers, Ryan Maffer. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, just before we get into it, I, I just wanted to check, well, how are you and how, how's lockdown been going for you? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty business as usual for me, really, because uh, with my work, I'm still having to work, so lockdown's been strange in terms of not being able to play my football now because obviously I did that twice a week which I was really enjoying I was really progressing with and now I have to stop so that's a bit frustrating uh, but all in all you, you just have to get on with it and hopefully we'll be able to get back to some new normal uh, very shortly. Yeah here's hoping um, you know, I don't I feel like I've been uh, trapped in a little bit recently but um, anyway yeah I'm sure it'll all be sorted so I just Obviously, we spoke before in, well, quite a way back, but um, I just wanted to, for those who didn't get a chance to read the article, if you could tell us a little bit about who Proud Terriers are and what the group does. Yeah, sure. So, the Proud, I founded the Proud Terriers a few years ago, and it's really gone from strength to strength. So, basically, we're the LGBTQ plus fan group. Um, it's, it's really our mission is to create a culture of inclusion within football and really develop that more accepting atmosphere within our game. Um, because I feel like, you know, football, there's a big taboo subject about this in football. And I really, I set up this group to make a difference. I really did. And I really, 
I really am passionate about it. So um, that, that's, that, that's who we are in simple terms, really. You know, we're just trying to keep uh, raising awareness and educating people about this and, and really and really trying to make a difference with our community and make people feel more welcome because like I said previously about I feel like if, if, if you're an open if you're a gay football fan and you haven't got anyone to go with as such I feel like it'd be pretty daunting to just go on your own so we have that avenue where we, we welcome people in and you know we, we, we can go to games together obviously with COVID going and we can't do that right now, but I, I'm on about in the real world where we were able to do so. Yeah, and you mentioned education. Um, you were just telling me a little bit off air, uh, you've been doing some work with the town, town Foundation, so could, could you tell our listeners a little bit more? Yeah, so I, we, we, I really am developing this partnership with the Town Foundation, which is pretty surreal really, because I really respect what they do. They do amazing work within our community. And to be able to create that link is a, a really dream come true for me. Um, in the video that's going to be released very shortly, I, I, I share my coming out story and the journey I've been on with Proud Series and just giving advice to younger people really about, you know, how I came to realise who I was and how I, you know, um, how I came about coming out to people and just trying to give the best advice really I could. And I think I really appreciate the foundation doing that because it will really, I really hope that it'll help at least one person to uh, come to terms with who they are. No, absolutely. Um, I think it, I think it'd be great, and we look. I look forward to seeing that video. I'm sure we'll, we should give it a share on our channels. Um, so, right now, obviously, we we touched on this before, but how would you describe being a LGBTQ um, plus football fan at the moment? I know lockdown's a bit different, but how is it? I'd, I'd say it can be difficult at times. It can be um, quite, uh, well, at the very start when I was coming to terms with who I was, you know, it was pretty intimidating, the atmosphere that I went to, and it felt really daunting in that aspect. I mean, we hear stuff on the terraces that maybe I feel like it's just not acceptable to um, say stuff like that. And um, I think I feel like I'm, I'm so, um, no, it's okay. Sorry. Can we just repeat that question again because I feel like I can develop more into that answer. I'm just kind of at the mind block there. So. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I, I appreciate it. it's not um, it's not an easy question. Um, how, how would you describe being a LGBTQ plus football fan at the moment? Yeah, I think to put it like this, I think it is really difficult at times um, because. You, you go to football matches and you just want to be able to enjoy the match. But when you're hearing stuff on the terraces, which is what, what I was doing quite frequently beforehand, and when I'm getting, for example, I'll give you an example of where I felt a bit uh, intimidated um, in the Johnson Stadium. And I had my flag with me, um, obviously <laughs> covered in rainbow because that's what we stand for. And that's what um, uh, that, that, that signifies who, who I am ultimately. Uh, and I was getting a few strange looks, really, from other, 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 other fans, maybe um, uh, kind of uh, s s uh, laughing a bit at me, kind of thing. Um, where, and funnily enough, um, there, was, there was just a Huddersfield town flag uh, quite close by, obviously, they was waving that about as well, and no one blinked an eyelid. So um, I, I think it's pretty difficult 
but I've learned to deal with it in my own way. I kind of, I've got the ability to switch off, I think, at times. Yes, okay, when I hear stuff, I can't switch off, but sometimes I'm just zoned in on the match, whereas other people may not have the ability to do so. So if we're talking about the overall LGBTQ plus community, I can't really answer for them, but at the very start, I found it quite difficult and very intimidating and not, I didn't feel welcome at all. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that, you know, especially as a supporter like myself. And we've, we've talked about it before, but um, obviously there was the Brighton game, uh, which was, you know, where it was found that Huddersfield Town supporters were allegedly chanting homophobic chants. Um, you, you were actually at that game, I believe you. Uh, and I don't know, do you feel since that, because we talked about how uncomfortable that made you felt, and I, I don't. I don't want to kind of pick it as something that's quite an emotional subject, but do you, do you feel like the club, obviously the club investigated it, but do you feel things have improved um, since then? Um, I think in terms of, are you talking about in terms of, you know, around the Johnson Steel, do you mean overall in football as a whole kind of thing? Because I feel like, over, overall in football, no, I don't think it has changed because prior to lockdown, prior to the first lockdown, should I say, um, I felt like we was hearing a, quite a lot of homophobic uh, stories within football. But I feel like that's down to people feeling more able to report it. But it, it's a, a really, you know, serious issue in football right now. I really do believe that. I think it's a big issue. And, you know, th- things, need, things need to improve. So... In terms of that, I don't think it has improved that much at all. Maybe slightly, but I haven't really noticed it. Right, okay. Um, and I mean, in, in regards to Huddersfield Town um, specifically, because um, we'll kind of come on to the wider things like rainbow laces and you know football against homophobia. How do you feel the club supports its LGBT fans? Yeah, I think the club have been absolutely incredible since... I started this journey with uh, Proud Terriers. Um, they really have come on board and really supported us. You know, we, we've got really good partnerships with the club, uh, mainly from the supporters services. Um, and we've really developed that partnership. And, you know, I picked up on this before, but whenever we had anything, that, any ideas, they'd always try and accommodate those ideas. They really did push hard for the flag to, be, to go up in the stadium. You know, that was a long time coming, but they never gave up and they kept, kept plugging away and really helped us get that, that flag up in the stadium. You know, in terms of the match day experience, you know, um, with the Rainbow Laces campaigns and things like that, they, you know, they, they allowed us to be part of them, uh, the entertainment before the game, you know, in terms of um, they set up a Huddersfield Town gazebo for us to hand out laces right in front of the stadium. When Canal Side was open, we, we, we did a Q&A on stage with Andy Booth. And, yeah, the, <laughs> the support has been pretty surreal. So, yeah, they, they, they are really... If all clubs was like that, I think that we would really be pushing in, the, in, in a really good direction. But these, these clubs that seem to don't do what Huddersfield Town do in terms of they really are... They really do promote inclusion. They really do feel strongly about, you know, making football a diverse community, you know, making people feel welcome within the game. So, yeah, I can't follow the skill town for that. They've been amazing. 
that's that's great to hear as a as a fan. Um, absolutely, and we've we've kind of touched on it. Um, I suppose this is more kind of a wider thing, but obviously we've got the Rainbow Laces campaign, which comes around every year. It's, it's, it's around this time now, like you say. I, I think the official day is is the ninth of de- December this year. But um, when we spoke last time, you said about how although it was a good thing, you don't feel like it, it does enough. Um, are those still your feelings on it now? I mean, going into this year? Yeah, I think in terms of what, the way I worded it last time, maybe I worded it a bit wrong because I really do feel like these campaigns do work. But the message I was trying to portray was is we have these campaigns and then it's kind of forgotten about in a way. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, yes, these campaigns really do push it and really do raise awareness because, you know, you hear a lot of stories, you know, and it really does educate people to see things on social media you know that they may come across so this campaign really does help and really just push it forward but i'm on about the bigger picture here and i'm on about you know things need to be done all year round not just with this with this campaign and i know that football for homophobia have a campaign as well and and then after that it's just forgotten about and i don't feel like homophobia is taken seriously enough at all within our game at all no i just feel like it's just, just brushed under the carpet, basically, you know. And you know, whenever we, whenever we hear stories, just you know, it just, it just feels like they feels that way ultimately. That it's just brushed under the carpet, and nobody seems to care about the issue at all. Why do you think that is? I'm just, just curious. Yeah, I can't, I can't really answer for that really, because at the end of the day, I feel, I feel like it should be, it should be, people shouldn't allow any forms of discrimination to be pushed into the carpet. So it's not acceptable at all. And so I can't answer that question because ultimately I believe that it should be in place and I can't, I can't make up any explanation why the, um, you know, the authorities or whatever, you know, whoever feels like the need to just brush it under the carpet and forget about it because ultimately it doesn't affect the authorities. It affects people like me and people within the LGBTQ plus community that feel so that feel so intimidated and daunted by the atmosphere on the terraces, but and and feel like whenever we hear stuff that we deem unacceptable, um, it's just accept, it's just expected for us to accept it when we we we, we don't we don't we shouldn't have to stand for that at all in this day and age. I mean, that's that's really upsetting to hear, and I suppose someone who's you know I'm not in the LGBT community, but someone who supports it what can I do and obviously what can other fans do um, when we're allowed back in stadiums because you know from my perspective Ryan you're there to you know regardless of what your sexuality is regardless of your race you know you're there to watch football and enjoy football and ultimately to feel comfortable so what can what can people do to you know help bring that make that environment more comfortable? I think in terms of the atmosphere on the terrace, I think people need to be more open-minded and be more aware of what's being said, really. Maybe think, think before they speak, because I, I, I believe that the fans are a big part of this in terms of me and other fans that are LGBTQ plus feel uncomfortable within the game, because ultimately that's where you watch football and that's where, you, that's where you're surrounding that when you watch football. So I, I, I suppose people, people just need to be wary of what they're saying more and, and just show a bit of understanding really about, you know, you know, we are in this uh, century now and we are in this position where 
you know, times have changed since, you know, times have changed and you've just got to move with the times. And I, and I feel like fans just need to create that more accepting atmosphere in terms of, it, it just, it, I, I can't, I can't pinpoint it, but it just feels like fans make it that unwelcoming atmosphere with the, the language that they use at the time. And it just, it just feels like, and obviously it would be mentioned about the flag earlier, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no need to, to frown upon somebody that's, that's trying to promote a positive message. So, so ultimately I can't change people's attitudes, but I, I hope that I can make people aware of what they're saying isn't acceptable and that, you know, you, you've got to make people feel welcome you know again. No, definitely. And I suppose we've touched on it before, but um, that goes back to your, your town, um, town foundation stuff. Would, would you say it's about education? Because I think um, what we've kind of seen with, with other, other sensitive issues kind of around the game is it, for a lot of people, it is about education. Um, do, you, do you think, would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely, education is the big thing, definitely for sure, because um, the more we educate people, the more of an understanding they'll gain from it, the more of the, you know, they, they may step back a bit and think, you know what, yeah, you know, how I behave on the terraces isn't acceptable for someone that may, you know, that is LGBTQ+, it may offend them, so I've got to, it, it, hopefully education will make people step back and think about their actions ultimately. So yeah, that, 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 that's a massive thing. And I think, I think we, we, need, we need to, it comes from the authorities though, I believe, and the authorities have to do more in terms of um, educating people about this. And if the, author, if the authorities don't do, do anything, then we're not gonna be able to, 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 to educate people as well as we'd like. I mean, I don't know if you saw, um, you know, Greg Clark came out the other week you know, and, and, and said horrendous things about, you know, saying uh, being gay is a lifestyle choice. And, you know, and he mentioned, he touched upon other subjects about Australia. I thought, you know, this is, I know he's resigned now, thankfully, you know, and we can move forward positively. But when you've got somebody at the top of our game saying stuff like that, that is, that is unacceptable. And that will not help what me and what other fan groups are trying to achieve here. You know, when we've got people like that, that are expressing disgusting views like that. It's just not. It's just not good enough. No, I mean, he. It was almost like it was almost like a sketch. Like the worst, the worst things you could say. It was, it was horrendous. I mean, what you raise a good point there because I mean, if if like you say, if the head of the FA is making those comments, and I suppose the more accurate thing is, he's comfortable making those comments. Um, like you say, he he was forced forced to resign, really, and you know, it's a good thing. So in that sense but what would you want from the FA you know I suppose this is a bigger issue but um who would you who would you like it doesn't necessarily have to be a person but who would you want to see at the FA and what would you kind of want them to see to to change this because you know that's for me not just with his comments about um homosexual people but you know race and in general I think it kind of it really dented the reputation of the FA even further for me. So what would you kind of want to see in the next appointment? I think I'd, I'd, wa I want, I'd want to see somebody that's really keen on, you know, uh, 
the, the and big upon the inclusion and diversity side of it. I feel like we need somebody that's that really does want to make a difference within different communities. And I feel like the perfect department would be for someone to be, you know, really putting, you know, uh, you know, inclusion at one of the top of their lists, you know, kind of if you could say to, if you could say so, and really try and push it more because. Like I said, I really don't feel like in the past that um, enough's been done, but I'm not really that surprised when, you know, Greg Clark has those kind of views as to why he hasn't really done much surrounding this this subject at all. You know, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest, but yeah, I feel like we need to create some projects, we need to create some workshops, we need to create, we really do need to educate people and, and, and promote this across the whole of the UK and and, and really uh, do uh, put some money behind this, and and re and, and that will that will really really help if if we're going into different communities and we're really educating people about it and putting on workshops because ultimately that's where we'll see the change. And I just want to see, I just want to be able to see like, I just want to be able to see that the FA, you know, you know what the FA are actually doing something about it, and they are actually trying to strive towards something that. It is making everyone feel included within our game. So it would make me feel good inside, and I'm sure it would make, you know, uh, within our community, everyone else feel good inside, and people that support what we do, you know, support any support as well, they'll feel happy for it as well. So it'll make it really positive. No, definitely. And I feel like I've been asking you tough questions. So I want to kind of um, talk a bit more positively at the moment. So um, obviously, the club has its rainbow laces fixture every year. Um, we were talking about it on before before we recorded, but this year it's the 5th, um, 5th of December against QPR, which is funny because that's the last time we, we spoke uh, when it was a QPR game. So what what's kind of planned for the game and how are you guys going to get involved? Um, well, I would say that we can't do as much as we can with obviously the uh, no fans being allowed in the stadium, but what we can do is still promote that positive message. So... And um, we're going to be releasing an article on our website surrounding this, you know. Um, and I feel like this article that we've come together with is really educational as well, because it, it, it tells people about the stats, you know, different types of stats and things. Obviously, people will be able to read that. Uh, so it's, it feels like we've put this piece together, but it will really strike a really positive message. And, and that's really, that's a, that, that, that's a virtual thing. But I think things online can still be as striking as things face to face. So I feel like, you know, that that's a really positive thing to do. Um, in terms of um, the rainbow laces, we have got a big batch of laces here now. So uh, we, we have we have reached out to people and, and, and said, you know, look, um, we're happy to post um, some out to you if you want to get behind this campaign. Um, in, in, terms of the, in terms of the clubs themselves, you know, I know that Robin and Rachel and Andy have really tried to get the players on board with this. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get some t-shirts to them, um, a few t-shirts and maybe a few of the players will wear them um, during the wall. I'm laughing, but it just feels surreal. <laughs> but it, you know, it it'll really make me feel emotional. It really will because, like I say, merchandise has been a big thing for me, and, and to have it out there now is just pretty surreal. But for actually for a player to actually accept to wear one would would just mean a really would just mean a lot to me, you know. And obviously, we've got the um, video with the Town Foundation that um, obviously that I was talking about earlier. I'm really keen to see the final article there, so that'll be coming out. 
I think it will be just before the just before the game on the fifth of December. So I think they'll tie it pretty pretty well, you know. Yeah. So um, so that's that's what we're doing really. I mean, as well as on our social media page, we are trying to um, whenever we see articles that we really do feel striked by and inspired by, we will we'll, we we will post them up and really um, uh, emphasize the point that you know look, this article is really positive and really inspirational. And and again, that 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 type of seeing stories really does educate people as well. You know, I know I mentioned I touched on earlier about the workshops and you know educational programs and things like that. But seeing stuff online, you know, seeing articles really does educate people in itself as well because it makes people aware of the situation, it makes people aware of how people are feeling at the time. You know, in our game. So, I mean, obviously, Rainbow Lace is across the whole spot. I'm just not about football specifically here. Whenever we whenever we see articles. So, yeah, we're going to keep promoting that. We're going to try and um, promote as many stories we see and hopefully people um, will uh, relate to that and um, really feel benefited by reading it and really strike an understanding of what it may feel like to be an LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus um, fan uh, within our game. Because I think the understanding of how we feel at times is is not is is sometimes not people that aren't aware of it basically. Um, don't know how one you know in terms of the abuse that we I don't understand how someone may not realise that it may be offending to somebody, but that's another story about who am I to say that? But yeah, you're the right person to say that because you you founder of a LGBT supports group for our fans. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned about seeing stuff online. I mean. It wasn't, it's quite interesting, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bore you here, right? but um, we talked about women's football before, but I was watching an interview with um, Ian Wright and he was interviewing the uh, Arsenal women's striker, Vivian Miedemar, Um and she's given this interview like over Zoom like we're doing, and um, I, I didn't even realise, but her her girlfriend's her, her Arsenal teammate, Lisa Evans, and she's like interrupting the Zoom call, and like you say, you know, it wasn't, like making a big point of it or anything but it's just um like you say it's just kind of interesting like oh yeah no it's it's good to see stuff like this and obviously you know in a small way you know I, again i wasn't aware aware of that but it's just good to see these kind of things and we we touched on it speaking of women's football we we touched on it before um again we've been doing stuff with, with the town town women but um comparing the men's and women's game there's a lot more women footballers who are, who are openly gay in it again it doesn't seem to be um well again it's kind of it's not you know talked about like it is, is so much in the men's game why, why do you think that is i know we kind of touched on this last time but i'd be interested to hear your thoughts yeah i, I think I, I i don't i'm not really entirely sure if i'm honest but what i can say from the men's side yeah like i like i say i can only speak about how it feels like in the women's game, but in terms of the women's game, I think I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a cultural thing in terms of, for example, if a woman's holding a woman's hand in the street, for example, it, I don't feel like it's looked upon as if if it was two men, it wouldn't. It, it would it would be a totally different experience. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's a, it's a cultural thing or whatever. But I I, I feel like. The women's game is more accepting of of it, 
maybe, and the men's game is just uh, kind of uh, lagging behind in a sense. But that's a really difficult question and that, that's something that I'm keen to, to, to develop and more of an understanding into as well because I believe that it will be important to create links. What have the women's game done to make it feel more, you know, make people feel able to come out and what, and what can the men's do take from that to, to take inspiration from it ultimately because I have watched uh, you know ultimately I've watched a few women's games but I've not really gone much into detail about the research about how the women's game is in terms of homophobia in the sport so I'm not really in, I'm not really entirely sure if I can create a link between the two because I don't know enough about the women's game. I appreciate it's a difficult question so you know I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to, to have the answer because, uh, well, as I'm sure listeners will know, I always ask tough questions, which is which is fun. Um, so just touching on um, footballers, I know it's a question you get asked a lot. Um, and I, I've actually asked you before, but again, I, I'd be keen to hear your thoughts. Um, wh- why do you think there's no openly gay footballers in, in the men's, men's league at the moment? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think ultimately, I feel like there isn't any because A, they don't feel safe to do so. B, they fear the level of abuse may be too much. Um, and C, obviously, the, if I'm feeling intimidated on the terraces, then fans will feel that as well. So they do want to be playing football and feel intimidated at the same time. So it's that big fear surrounding it. I think in terms of, you can look at this in different parts, really. Now. I think in terms of, because obviously coming out and then, then there's, there's the fans, but then there's also the dressing room. The dress, how will the dressing room react to that? Now, we, we, we know that there's a lot of cultures within that dressing room nowadays, within our game, and how would, how would people respond to that? And, and then there's the manager, how would the manager... It's all this fear of what people may, may, may think or respond. And I'd, 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 ultimately, I feel like it's a big taboo subject in this country, and I feel like we need to make that environment where people feel able to come out. Not, and obviously, I think the media have a big part to play in this as well because, I mean, if you look at, I know we're going way back and obviously it's improved since then, but if, if you look at how they dealt with the Justine Fashion New situation, and, and I know I've, I've, I've read stuff about this, and they really, they really did handle it the wrong way and they really did... Um, you know, you know what the media can be like at times. It can really, 
really be toxic and I, I feel like the, the media is a big thing about why maybe someone may not want to come out because of the stories that may develop from that uh, because but but ultimately like i say you're going it's a really difficult question because it's not just one thing that i feel like it's like like is the issue here it's looking at the bigger picture and looking at how how ultimately players don't want to come out and, and feel like they're that they're scared every week in front of fans kind of thing and i think it's a big big thing about feeling intimidated and feeling unwelcome at the end of the day football players just want to play football and it shouldn't matter what the sexuality is but that's where we're at and that's why i feel like i, I think the main point i'm saying is is that the atmosphere isn't isn't the right one for someone to come out at this present moment the fans are a big part to play in this but i also feel like the media need to uh, support the player better if they were to come out and also i feel like the dressing room was a big part to play. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of language is used in the dressing room, but isn't it is a is a factor of why someone's not wanting to come out is because maybe they've heard stuff that in the dressing room that they may feel well. Hang on a minute. If if I if I'm wanting to come out but I'm hearing stuff like that, then how are they going to react to me coming out kind of thing? So yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's such a hard hard thing to discuss because ultimately we want to be able to feel accepted within our game we want players to be able to come out and be who they are but unfortunately we're not at this stage yeah I, I unfortunately I think I, I kind of agree with you I mean I'm just going to ask kind of a couple of follow-up questions about this but do you think you talk about the media there and you talk about fans and the atmosphere. Do you think, again, this is probably my issue for asking you these questions, but do you think there's so much focus on uh, why people haven't come out? And again, it's not, it's not meant in a, in a necessarily mean way. It's just a genuine, genuine question. But do you think there's too much pressure? So it's almost like there would be people who are willing to come out, but it's the pressure of being the first, like the first openly gay footballer, you know, since Justin Fashionu. Do you think that has something to do with it? Yeah, I, th I think there's a big pressure, isn't there? Let's be honest. You know, that first person that come out, comes out will feel that pressure ultimately. There's no, there's no, there's no question about it. And I, 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 I feel like I appreciate the question as well about yeah, there is too much focus on when's somebody going to come out. At the end of the day, we've got to think of it like this, and we've got to think of it well somebody may come out if the atmosphere is, 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 is the right for them and they feel able to, not when or, not, not focusing on the when part because ultimately you can focus on the when part all you like but if, 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 if I'm still feeling things on the terrace, the players will feel that and until we get to a stage where we feel comfortable within our game, it, it's not going it's not, it's not to change and, and, and that's that, that's but the pressure of it I, th I think in terms of being the first person I think it would be a big pressure but where's that pressure coming from that pressure's coming from the media unfortunately and that pressure's coming from people that think that they can question when somebody may come out instead of looking at well 
look into the bigger picture and think about how the atmosphere is, how the environment is, and, and know that there's no chance of that happening anytime soon with, with, with what's good, with, with how we're feeling on the terraces. I mean, you can only, you can only look to the, the previous, you know, when that um, Twitter, account was, the Twitter account was made about the gay uh, footballer that was remained anonymous. And I'd, whether that was a hoax or not, the fact is the media picked upon that and they, and they, and they, and they didn't help the situation at all. But I, I, like I said, that was going into another topic, but I'm just linking it back to that as to how the media feel like they need to, to put so much pressure on somebody to come out when there shouldn't be that pressure. It should just come naturally. We, we don't want pressure because ultimately that player won't come out if it's pressure. No, I think, I think that's a, a fair point. Um, we actually talked about this before on air, and I suppose thinking about it, it was still, um, it would still, you know, the media would still obviously put that pressure on. But we've seen, and again, it's not comparable at all, but we've seen with players, if you talk about form, um, I, I think just, for example, we, we talked about Ben Hamer and how he, you know, was given quite a lot of, you know, town fans who didn't want him as his number one. And now look at, look at the recent games, we've missed him. And do you think fans not being in the terraces and obviously still in lockdown, it doesn't look like fans are going to come back anytime soon. Do, or do you think that actually might be better for someone to come out now, you know, because then they don't have the pressure of playing in, in front of fans. Obviously, you'll still get the media pressure, but would that make it a little bit easier potentially? Um, I, th I, think, I think it definitely would make it that slightly bit easier there. Yes, but with social media, how it is at the minute, you know, you know, if you look at the statistics about you know the amount of abuse you can get on social media pages um, it's just as bad as if you're in person and that kind of abuse on online can be just as damaging and in terms of the in terms of the pressure i think the pressure won't be there now but when eventually we do go back into the state the pressure will be there then so yes it may be it may be slightly easier now but i think social media has become very um toxic at times and i feel like um this is going off into another talk but i feel like we communities like ours should be should be should be really looked after on that aspect i know social media have got better with trying to clamp down and things like that but i think i think i was speaking about this the other day to my friend and how I wouldn't mind having to show my ID to create an account on, on these social media pages because at least then if any any hate towards another account that was deemed unacceptable, they could trace them down quite quickly and quite easily. So I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't have an issue with that. And I feel like I feel like the level of abuse, level of abuse on social media would be would be just as bad as that. Obviously not having to play in front of fans, obviously it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna make the player feel um, better about the situation if they were to come out but then we're talking about the environment still the same in, in, in an aspect of when they go back you know when fans are allowed back in but also I think ultimately I think a big fear for you know people that may want to come out is the fact is how the dressing room will react as well so I think that pressure will still be there as well. No I think that's a fair point and 
I realise I've, I've asked you a lot of difficult questions, but um, you're a football fan, Ryan, so I want to talk to you a little bit about football now. Um, how, how do you feel the season's going? I, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty happy with how the season's going. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think since Carlos has come in, I think that the transformation he's had in that short space of time has been unbelievable, really. And I feel like we've got to believe in this manager because he's, he's a pretty special, special manager in my eyes. I think he, obviously he's been assistant at Leeds and he's he stepped up to the plate of being a manager now because he feels like he believes in himself and he believes that he was ready for that challenge at that moment. And I love the... I'm watching games and I'm enjoying how we play in terms of the attacking nature of it. So it's so nice to see us playing attacking football. Um, so what he's doing in the short space of time has been unbelievable. I mean, if you look at the league table, we're nicely placed in the table. And of course, there's always room for improvement. Of course, you can look in hindsight about what's happened this season in terms of going 1-0 up in some scenarios and then just losing it completely after that. But we've got to remain positive and we've got to, we've got to really believe in this guy because I believe that he's really working hard on that training pitch and he really does care. And, you know, you can just tell he's a passionate guy and um, you can tell he hates losing as well. You know, there's some managers out there that if they've lost, they've lost and they, they, they kind of just shrug it off in a way. But this guy, is, he really does care. I feel like he's in that short, short space of time, he's, he's fallen in love with this club and he really wants to help us the best he can. So, yeah, I, I'm happy and I'm just hoping that we can just keep one game at a time, we can keep pushing and you just, you just don't know where, where we can end up in this league because the championship's a crazy league. Anyone can beat anybody and anyone can go on a run unexpectedly. So we can just, we can just watch and see, I suppose, and see what happens. But I'm fairly, I'm fairly happy with how it's going. I mean, I, you know, obviously this, we can all have our grumbles about what's happened previously and about you know, the things that we're not happy about. But I suppose I'm trying to, to remain positive and look at the positive things. We're scoring a lot more goals. It's just that we need to, we just need to concede less. And that, that can be easily tweaked, you know. The, the managers will be working on that in training. Um, but at least we're scoring goals now. We just need to work on the defensive side and I think we'll really progress once that's addressed. No, I agree. I mean, we, we've talked about it on the pod, like, you know, moaning about how we don't score any and now we're conceding too many, but at least we're scoring. So I agree with you. Uh, it can be easily fixed. Um, who do you think, who's your, who's your player of the season so far then? Oh, that's a, that, that's a tough, tough question. question. Yeah, a tough question. Um, I'd say Pippa. I think Pippa's coming in and he's really impressed me. He's just outstanding the way he, He's so skillful. He's so, he, he, he always takes responsibility. He always looks forward. He's always that player that w when he's on the ball, you feel like he's going to get out of that situation he's in or you feel like he's going to do something good. So I think, I think, I think Pippa for me because he, 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 what a find he has been. In that short space of time, the short space of time he's played for us, I feel like he's done brilliant and he's really made a difference to our team and he's created a lot as well. But... A very close vote. <laughs> um, I feel like um, Aitin is really coming on now as well. So he's really pushing for that player of the season as well now because since he's, he's just outstanding, you know, the, the creative flair, the skills, the, he 
he's just he's just a breath of fresh air to watch. He, he's just incredible. I mean, he's really put, he's really finding some form now. So um, I, I don't really like to say who want, who's my player of the season yet, but them two definitely will be up there for sure. I agree. I, well, it's just nice to uh, talk about where well, you could have a few players. I mean, I, I think a Toffler as well. Like you know, compared to last season where. Um, Lewis O'Brien was the clear, the clear favourite, really. Um, what What do you kind of expect for the rest of the season then? Um, what What would you like? What really? Um, I'd like, obviously, ultimately, I'd like us to keep improving week and week, and obviously keep moving forward. But I'll also like us to just move up a bit, move up a few places. You know, I don't like saying expectation because expectations are things that you can set expectations all you want, but Ultimately, the players may exceed those expectations, and I've always got hope that they will exceed my expectation. I, I, I suppose if we're in the top half towards the playoffs, I'll be happy with that. But I, I certainly do would like us to move up a few more places than we are now. And I, I know I did say that I was happy with you know mid-table-ish, uh, but I do want us to to get close to them playoffs and really challenge them players because ultimately, when we when we when we play to our best. And when we're, you know, and when we've seen us at our best, we know what we're capable of, and we know that if we're at our best, we can beat anybody. I don't care. I don't care if you, you know, if if we play top of the table or not. You know, if we play to our best, we'll have a good chance of picking up something. So, who knows? I'm I'm just gonna keep my options open. But um, at the back of my mind, I'm hoping that we can really push for the playoffs. But I don't know if that's too big of an ask this season. <laughs> well, here's hoping, mate. You, you know, you, it's a crazy league, like you say. You know, anything can happen. Um, so I don't. Well, I don't want to keep you. So just just before we go, Ryan, um, how how can how can fans get involved with Proud Terriers? Can you tell us a little bit about what we can do? Um, yeah, so we're obviously big on social media. So our social media handle is Proud Terriers, um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can email us if you want to. We, obviously, we are we are wanting to get more and more people involved. So if you do want to to, to get involved in any way, shape, or form, and that's fine by us. As I say, we, we have got a few that we 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 do work daily on things, and then there's quite a lot that just support what we do, and we appreciate that support because um, when the support that we get is is it really is. Appreciate, but if people want to get involved in us in more in more and really push this more, then you know you, you can email us as well. Um, Proudterry08 at gmail.com, or you can just message us on social media. Though, like I said, just reach out to us and don't be afraid because you know we'll welcome you in and we'll um, we'll, we'll always try try our best to um, accommodate you within the group and we'll we'll, we'll find a really uh, We'll find a role for you. So that's how you can contact with us, really. But um, if if you want to get behind the Rainbow Laces campaign, um, you can do. We've got loads of laces. I'm happy to send some out to everybody. Um, and also with our merchandise, we've got t-shirts and we've got pin badges. So any interest, uh, we're happy to um, post them out to you as well. Like I said, we do really appreciate the support that we've got from our fans. So. Oh, great. And like you said, like we touched on before, anyone can be, be a member of Proud Terriers, regardless of your sexuality. 
sexuality sexuality you can tell it's been a long podcast for me um just just before we go around is there anything else you wanted to add anything we didn't we didn't get a chance to cover i think one last point that i want to leave everybody with and personally i found it quite powerful um is the story in america um with san diego loyal and I don't know if anyone's um, seen, I mean, it was well publicised for sure, so I'm pretty sure people have maybe touched upon it or maybe seen it. Um, but the way they handled that situation was absolutely superb. And as a fan, that made me feel proud, even though it wasn't in this country, it made me feel proud that, you know, the manager really did come out and support his own player, you know, and, you know, the whole team, the fact that the whole team took a stamp on it as well, took a stand on it as well and really made the statement. And if you remember, the key thing to remember here is, is that game was a massive game for San Diego. Well, they had a playoff position, at, at, you know, at, you know to, to fight for. But because of what had happened, they didn't want to continue and they wanted to make a stand. So they, they felt like the playoff position was, was not really important at all. The, the most important thing was, was to support their teammate and really make a stand on this and really make a huge statement, which it did. It made a huge statement within this, within the world, not 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 just America, within the whole world, I believe. And what I, what I feel like with how San Diego dealt with it and how the players supported it and how the manager came out um, with the support, I feel like we could really learn from that in this country. You know, in terms of if 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 we if we do. I'm not on about the same situation. I'm on about anything in terms of any any homophobia that people hear. If we take a stand stand against it in this country, then just imagine what what statement it would really make. And I just I just I just felt so overwhelmed by how they dealt with it. I just and then I kind of touched upon that. Yeah, I imagined how what reaction it would get. Like, it would get if it was in this country and what massive step forward it would be if someone would if a club would to actually take a stand against it like that and for players to support uh, the community um so yeah i just wanted to finish on that note because like i say it was really powerful for me really inspired me and really it kind of dropped it kind of kept it kind of made me drive even further forward in terms of what i'm doing because the more work the more work i do and the more work other fan groups do the more the more the more of a difference we'll make and I want to keep making that difference to to make people feel encouraged all somewhere to make me feel not it wasn't it's not even just about me it's about making other people in our community feel safe and for us to be able to go to matches and not have to 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 to, to, to endure what we have to endure at times um I think I think in in, in terms of um what the FA could do going forward I think if some players could maybe um, contribute towards a video, you know, in terms of a, a messy surrounding stamping out homophobia in our game, because I feel like it's a big issue, like a situation, it is a big issue, whether people like it or not, whether people want to say that it isn't. If you are within the community that I'm from, trust me, it is an issue. And if people can't see it, then that's fair enough, but it is a real issue within our game. So if, if, a, play, if a few players could come together and create this really powerful video, um, that would be massive as well, and that's what that's what I hope. That's what I really hope that will happen real soon because it'll only drive us forward. 
No, I think you're right. And just just for anyone who didn't know about that America instance you mentioned, that was um, a game between San Diego Loyal and Phoenix Rising in the uh, American USL Championship match. So basically what happened was um, uh, San Diego Loyal midfielder Colin Martin, who, who's openly gay, was um, had a derogatory slur, uh, homophobic slur, uh, directed towards him by uh, Phoenix midfielder June Fleming. So what happened was the manager, Landon Dor- Donovan, spoke to the referee and um, they decided, like you say, it was an important game. They would have, if they'd have won, I think they were winning at the time, um, they would have qualified for the playoffs, but they uh, they walked off the pitch. Man- uh, manager Landon Donovan took them all off the pitch. And like you say, it does work. Direct action works. And, you know, he was, I remember that at the time. It was, um, like you say, I know it's in America, but... Uh, it was it was really inspiring. It's good to see that you know people do care and direct, like say, direct action works. So well done for bringing that up, Ryan, because I, I did want to mention that, but uh, got too excited talking about Cobra. <laughs> no, no problem at all. I think it's a really important thing to to, to, to promote really because, like I say, um, I feel like in this country we don't call it out enough. You know, if we hear stuff that we feel like it's not acceptable, we need to make sure that we're calling it out whether that be reporting it via, you know, the Kick It Out app or reporting it via um, the text number that a lot of clubs do have about, you know, if they hear something that's discriminatory, you know, there is that facility there. Or even if it's, um, well, I would say going to a steward, but like I said, I think another point I want to touch upon really, I know I said that I want to think of that point, but I've got an important thing to say about the steward in this country and I feel like... Oh, absolutely. That the stewarding in this country is not good enough and it, I, I don't know if it's just me but in other countries I feel like stewarding is a lot more stronger it really I, I just feel it and that comes down to the overall training and the overall and um, you know I feel like stewards need more training in this country and it needs to be more uh, basically what I'm trying to say I want to see the strength of stewarding really picked up upon because it really isn't good enough. I know, I know that with the COVID situation, it won't really make a difference this month. But I'm on about. I'm looking at the bigger picture here. I'm looking at eventually when we can can go back into stadiums. The shooting needs to be stronger and a lot stronger. And th- this will help when, for example, if we you know if we hear anything on the terrace, it will help in terms of that as well because they will deal with it in in the more effective manner. If you could say so. Um, but yeah, I think in in terms of move, in in terms of picking up from what you said earlier about what fans can do, fans can definitely call it out more, which is what we've been seeing actually in all things. You know, we've seen a lot more instances where people have reported it. You know, like prior to lockdown, um, people were reporting it a lot more, which is really positive. But all I can say is, if you do hear anything, it's important to call it out because otherwise it won't be dealt with and it won't be improved upon. So. Uh, that, that's a big thing for the what the fans can do as well. well uh, very good point, Ryan. And uh, you know, we'll share we'll share links to uh, to the proud terriers and where what people can do and some interesting stuff if people want to get involved. But Ryan, I, I know it's not a difficult conversation, but um, uh, sorry, I know it's a difficult conversation. But thanks for thanks for taking the time out to talk to us. Um, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having us on. We really do appreciate having people like yourself that really do care and really are trying to promote this message that we're trying to get out and really make football for everybody ultimately so i really do appreciate this opportunity thank you no worries and thanks
Thanks, Ryan. And um, yeah, let's let's hope we can get back in the stadium soon and uh, you know cheer on the Terriers for that unlikely playoff yet again. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for coming on, mate. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all Upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily And every goal Shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 